At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Got a lot going on. We had a little bit of a tech, I don't know if I want to call it a tech wreck, but uh, we'll call it some tech weakness yesterday, seeing some follow through this morning. So we'll talk about that. Of course, IPO madness. We haven't, you know, it's been a record year for IPOs, but we haven't talked about them too much on our show outside of the SPACs. But of course, you had DoorDash yesterday, AI yesterday, Airbnb today. So we'll talk about the crazy action in those. We have Facebook, of course, getting hit with a couple of lawsuits from state's attorneys general and the FTC. We had Starbucks give guidance during their investor day. Disney's investor day is today. We have a couple of earnings on our radar. Uh, Asana, Adobe, after the close today, Lulu, Costco, Oracle. So some earnings to discuss. Uh, two guests today. First up, Mark Chicken will be on our show at 8.15. He's the founder of Chicken Analytics. And then at 9, I'll be joined by Dimitri Parganamic. He's the co-founder of Market Chameleons and to give us some option trades as it relates to seasonality. Joel, how are we doing this morning? Wait a minute. We're on mute. Let's fix that first. There Good we go. morning. Here we are on No Tangent Thursday. Uh, we got a lot to cover today. Uh, S&P is talking to September here. They're in the red by eight points at 64.50. Little pop overnight, 81 and a quarter, which was nice to see. Pre-market low, 61.50. Yesterday's low right there, 59.75. There's your key to more downside. Crude rebounding up 62 cents at 46.14. Uh, gold shellac yesterday only up 30 cents today at 1838.80. Silver hugging 24. It's up just three pennies at 24.02. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin is in the red by 225. Just kind of leaking off that $20,000 level. That's down at 18,195. And Triple D, bring in Triple Bob. D here. I Bob. hope today's show is as good as the pre pre market show today. Spencer, you should have put this one on Spotify. I I know you said no tangent Thursday. I'm saying all tangent Thursday, all tangent Thursday. But uh, no, we're going to talk Tesla and we're going to talk it 
pretty much right off the hop here. So obviously, big reversal day yesterday. Contrary to popular opinion, DoorDash did not cause the fall in the tech wreck yesterday. Uh, I know Kramer was saying that on CNBC, but if we do the grade one math, NASDAQ lost over $400 billion in market cap yesterday. DoorDash tacked on an extra $25 billion from where it was expected to open. So $400 billion is not $25 billion. I know some people are saying, oh, what Airbnb is coming to. You could argue it. If, if, uh, you could argue a bet you know, may come into that, but not the whole sell-off. What needed to happen was we've been on a relentless run, especially in Tesla. I mean, we've been straight up. It's been so easy. It's been textbook. 450 to 650. You're talking about a 40% move in three weeks. It was time for some profit taking. It was time for some traders to lock some of it in. And that is what happened here. So it isn't, you know, because DoorDash, IPO, and Airbnb is coming that we're going to sell every tech stock possible. Doesn't make any sense that argument when you do the math. But Tesla. So what happens now? We still have the catalyst. We've got Serious profit taking obviously happening yesterday from everybody who has, you know, participated in the last three week run. You have the classic two day move here this morning. Last night I had somebody tweeting at me saying, oh, you know, when do we buy? You know, when's the opportunity to buy? I was like, usually you wait at least until the next morning because you usually have follow through the next day. So we have an analyst rating that's actually helping that thesis with Tesla here this morning. Spencer, uh, give us the analyst and then we're going to break down the technicals here on TSLA. Yeah, so the rating this morning uh, that you're referring to was New Street. Uh, it was a it was a downgrade uh, to just a neutral. And then we didn't talk about this yesterday because it wasn't a new rating. But J.P. Morgan came out yesterday. They reiterated their bearish point of view and they they raised their price target to a stunning ninety dollars. Uh, that wasn't new, but that was being passed around yesterday because it was you know anytime a Tesla bear comes yeah. out of the woods, it's always notable. But so there was that yesterday, and there was a New Street downgrade today. Why that gets passed around is after the fact, Jack, because the media, this is what happens. I know I have Reuters reporters calling all the time. Wall Street Journal reporters call me. They see a move and they want to know why. They want a fundamental reason why. So you call up your traders. Why is Tesla selling on? They'll say, oh, you know, they can, some might say technicals. They're like, well, I saw this JP Morgan note. You know, so they were reaching for a fundamental reason because you know what? People don't want to read about, oh, you know, we were overbought and it was time for a sell-off. They want a fundamental reason. So, you know, they, then everybody grabs on the J.P. Morgan downgrade. It wasn't even a downgrade. It was just reiterating what they had already said. On another day, that wouldn't even affect the stock. So it wasn't selling off because of J.P. Morgan. It sold off because tech was having a profit-taking day. Believe me, stocks go down. They don't always go straight up. I mean, we have been relentlessly going up on Tesla. It went up 200 points. In three weeks, it was due for some profit-taking. That's what this is. It's profit-taking. I think now, now is the question. What happens now? So you have the follow-through of New Street, you know, with a downgrade here today, timely little downgrade to really hammer the stock down another 25 points. I think you got support probably at a 545.50 area. I would not be surprised if we test that area today. I know that's going to spook some people because it's 30 points down from here. We could. I do think we turn here eventually today and start to... I think it's the classic two-day move where you get the really weak open. You get the flush after the open where everybody says, get me the hell out. I can't take it anymore. And I think then you'll find some stabilization and eventually start to come back up because we still have the catalyst. So it's still people like me who are looking at this thinking, I'm gonna, it's probably going to have a run next week. It's probably going to have another run. 
is it going to get back to 650? I don't know if it's getting that high or not, but I think you're going to get another shot in the sixes. I don't think the Tesla run is over. So, you know, and the valuation can't look at on that stuff. It's never mattered to Tesla anyways. We still have the catalyst though. I'd be very surprised if it, it tops seven days before the ad. I was saying it could top a day before, a day after. I believe the ad will be the topping event. Um, and I think the Tesla high will be in for a long time. But I think it happens next week. So I think you're going to get another shot here yet. So if you're spooked, I mean, if I was in it, and we don't give investment advice, I think you're going to get another pop-up tomorrow. I also think you're going to get a little more pain here today, though. So I'm actually looking at it to possibly buy the dip but it's going to be late morning and i want to see some stabilization i'm not trying to catch the falling knife because i've done that before and you know what it hurts uh what about spacex going down that that has nothing to do with tesla though really (laughs) i mean you could say okay they're going to hammer tesla and it wasn't even it was the booster right pretty cool video did you watch the video Video was cool. <laughs> no, no. I showed my wife and I was like, just oh, you gotta see this landing. This is a nice landing. And she's watching, watching that blows up. But anyway, it's apparently a success. Elon Musk said that was a success story. So I don't know. The news flow has turned, right? And I know you have the positive catalyst with the SP ad. The news flow has turned a couple things. A few weeks ago, Musk said to his employees, we gotta cut costs, right? Okay. That was ignored. Uh, Goldman goosed it with that upgrade, which was nicely timed. It gets up, it gets a nice pop. Then they do an offering. Okay. That's kind of negative. And then the SpaceX, I agree with you. It's not that big of a deal. I also did see that there was a fatal crash in South Korea. That's be, um, from, I'm not sure what model that's being uh, uh, investigated. So, you know, there's a big positive catalyst. There's also a negative catalyst. Um, then you have your technicians yesterday that see the key reversal. You go out, you go up through 651.28, you go to 654.32, and then you come down through that level. So it probably didn't work, you know, the last 99 times out of 100, but it definitely worked yesterday. So you had, you know, the machines piling in on it. I'll, I'll go with your area. Uh, two lows, one at uh, 541.51. I like that number. Five, 541.51, and then there's another low at 54.51. So you got to eyeball it, 550. I think yep, that, that yep. that's a potential area for bounce. I think uh, so. I think you can have a little more washout, which we're already seeing. I think it's a classic two-day move. And I don't think we're you know at the end of the bull run in the overall market. We still set up seasonality, still sets up well. We still have the catalyst. And people are saying the catalyst was all priced in. Maybe it was, but it just unpriced to the tune of 70 points in three days. So, I mean, you get back down to 550, you get the 50% retracement of the, of the move from the ad. That's just you know, ducks in a row, a nice number. Now, not necessarily stocks don't have to do anything cut through the level, like a hot knife through butter, but you start to see stabilization at that area. You know, maybe I take a shot again. You always got to stop yourself out, have your risk tolerances in uh, people saying I've been bullish Tesla, you know, yesterday I've been bullish Tesla for two months, guys. I've been, well, not two months for the last three weeks. since the day got at it. Remember I was saying 450, it was like 470. I was it like, I think out. it's going to go higher. And then it was 500. I said, I think it's going to 600. I went 600. I said, I think it's going to 700. I don't know if it's going to 700 anymore after yesterday. Um, It could be 650 is going to be the top, uh, but I don't think it's over. I think you're going to get a run next week. So I'm thinking like, I'll probably watch it and, you know, see if it can stabilize that 550 today, not jumping in necessarily, but looking like 
maybe Tuesday, because Friday is the odd day. I know everybody says the 21st, but it's got to be in on the 21st. So it's Friday at the close is when they're going to be buying. So do they come in Monday? Do they come in today? Do they come in Tuesday? Eventually, there's going to be some people coming and buying this thing again. So I don't think it's over. I mean, anything can happen in the markets. We only live in probabilities. We never know anything for sure. But I've seen stocks get added, and I've never seen a stock this size get added. So I tend to think you're going to get another run up midweek next week. So you got like two, three days. Maybe it just bounces, and maybe it just bounces right back. But I'm not shorting Tesla 580. Okay. And uh, a little bit of oversupply to work into as well, right? Because of uh, people that were caught between that 600 and 650 area, they might want to be mitigating. I mean, you're a ways away from that now, but uh, let's just keep an eye on the closing price. Uh, the closing price from yesterday, 604.48. That's a ways away from the all-time closing high price at 649.88. So let's see if we can try and get green on the session here. Uh, yet to fill the gap, you only have to go to 588. So if you're looking for a gap fill maybe easily get that that's only eight points away has the bubble burst in all of the other ev names spencer i'll throw it to you because you've seen stocks like xpev it's down 40 percent in a week and a half you got stocks like fisker they're getting downgraded here today um you know just hammered from the 23 high down to like 15 dollars now you have a lot of these other ev names neo's still trying to hold in there but it's starting to look heavy as well on the head and shouldery too uh, taking Tesla aside because it has the ad catalyst. What are your thoughts here on the other EV names? There's more. I mean, Hylion, all, all, all of them, not all. Well, of them. Uh, Hel Helion, and I'm actually took a flyer in that one down here. I'm probably going to get stopped out on it today. Um, but uh, there's so many of these, you know, that HYLN talked about two months ago and then never participated again. Uh, but what about all these other ones? Like, I mean, they go through a few of them. Okay, let me pull my list here. I'll keep a list handy of of a bunch of ev stocks let me pull it up okay so we've got neo you mentioned uh li uh xpev mm -hmm. uh, fisker you mentioned lorix time motors which is ride uh mm -hmm. workhorse oh we're, we should have workhorse because you know the, sure. they, they delayed the the announcement of, of the u.s postal service contract to to q1 right haven't followed up on on the stock since then I mean, it all got stupid. KNDI, too. I mean, it went from 8 to 17, and it's back down at 8. I mean, I guess if you don't think it's over, if you think you're still going to get another run here, some of these stocks have come down enough that you could take flyers on them. Um, I kind of like the Fisker story still. Uh, Citigroup, uh, Citigroup top-ticked this, and we talked about it on the show that day, uh, just jokingly on the 25th, but not even jokingly, kind of serious. Um, Citigroup upgraded the stock. And then you can see the big move on the 25th and had a little bit of fall through the next day. But that upgrade basically top ticked the stock. And we said it on the show that day that Citigroup just top ticked this because it had run from 10 to 20 and now they're upgrading it. And 10 to 20 in like a week and a half and now they're upgrading and 22. And they're, the timing of that upgrade couldn't have been worse. It's been straight down ever since. It's now 15. So question, gets downgraded here today, Fisker, or, or initiated underperform. What's the rating from Wolf? Uh, FSR. I don't actually remember. Let me pull it up. I think it's it's a sell. Is it initiation or is it? I think it's just initiation. It's initiation and underperform, giving a price target of sixteen dollars. So all these things, there's okay. Stop. Yeah, they're initiating <laughs> at a sell and they're giving it a price target of sixteen. Yeah. What the hell? 
stock was 1683. You're telling me to sell to pick up 80 cents? I think that's and people what, are selling at 1520. I think that's their way of like covering their ass. Like, holy macro, it's a stupid rating. <laughs> that's flat out just how stupid. do you really feel about that? Dennis? No, that's just flat out stupid. The stock's 1683, and you tell me to sell it for 80 cents on a stock that moves a buck a day. You're gonna put a salary on it, put an eight dollar price target on it, get convicted there. This, you're right, this is just a hedging rating. That's just a dumb rating. Anyways, sorry, sorry, Wolf, but that one's a dumb one. 1522 Fisker FSR. The stock is trading down significantly here. I like this story. The, the chart is awful looking. It looks completely like a head and shoulders. I think you could eventually see 12 again. This thing gets back to 12. I'm going to be a buyer. So I sold my Fisker. I got talked out of it. And, you know, I see, you know, you see, this, this guy is smart. I mean, out of all the EV, you know, you got to think who you're buying in that. This Henrik Fisker guy. I've watched him on CNBC. I follow him on Twitter. This guy's smart. He's maybe not Elon Musk smart, but he's only a step down from that. Like this guy is, if I, if I was, you know, looking at, you know, which EV plays, and there's like 50 of them out there. And I'm looking at the management teams and I don't know them all. But just from watching this guy in a few interviews, I was like, this guy's smart. So I, this Fisker one, I kind of like this. They're all smart. I thought we had I'm sure they're all smart. They're all billionaires, right? So, yeah, that's right. They're all smarter go. than me. Yeah, yeah. We, we had, we had Thomas Healy on from Halion. I thought he was super smart. I, I mean, it, all these guys are smart. It's just, it's and, and the thing is, like, none of the like, there's there's been zero incentive to look at the fundamentals in any of these any of these stocks, right? For the this entire time. Yeah. So maybe, maybe now that like they're out of favor here, maybe we that some charts, Joel. Yeah, charts. People. Some people want charts. Some people don't want charts. I don't want to see our mug shots, man. I don't do right, can care. we? Let's just end this EV thing, okay? Because there's not that many. There's just going to be a couple companies. There's been three auto companies, four auto companies. Tesla's coming on this. I scene. think Fisker is going to be one of them. You think? Okay, but I if I I mean, make the call, buy the car. I like to see the car. I like to see some production. I mean, it's just like this whole, there's going to be electric electric vehicles. There's no doubt about it. We're making a transition. Are there going to be 300 different car companies and battery producers? No. Am, am I going to pick the right one to buy? I mean, it's hard it's to do. Michigas. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, I don't know. I just, we talk about it and it's there and it's happening on a sliver of Tesla. Oh, I lost track of time GM, here. Can I go grab Mark Chicken? Bring Let's Mark go. into this conversation. Yeah, he can bring us in. Because you know what? People want to talk to EV stuff. I know we've been talking about 15 minutes. People like this stuff, though. So, And I, I, I think it's fun to try to pick the winner. Speculative capital. I mean, you're right, Joel. You don't know who it's going to be the winner here. But if you like a few of them, throw some you know, lottery ticket money at a few of them. I, I had the Fisker because I kind of liked the story. And then I got talked out of it. And you know what? It comes back down that twelve. You area. couldn't talk me into buying any of these. With you own Tesla. You own know, okay, it's like the fourth most valuable company in the world. So don't yeah. say that. You're, okay. you're right in on. And I want to sell it. I want to sell it, but yeah, I want to know. Right Mark, 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 are you taking a flyer on any of these names? Just speculative capital. I know he's not. Oh, wrong. I traded Neo uh, last week. I bought it under 42 and I sold it at 46. But that's about as far as I'm prepared to go. The only smart people in the space are the people who are selling stock like Tesla. Five billion dollars in the coffers. Come on, guys. These companies burn money like crazy and you're going to get diluted. And I agree with Joel. This is uh, like trying to pick the winner in the cable business in 1976. 
It's kind of fun you to know do, who the founder Lucy. You know who the founder of cable was? No, who? A guy named Khan with a company called Teleprompter doing closed circuit uh, prize fights and concerts. They went bankrupt. Come on, guys. This is just pure momentum. This is 1999. It is on these names. I completely yeah, agree I mean, with you. I'm just saying there's a few of these that are going to be, because we're just looking, a lot of these EV names have been cut in half in, in a week and a half. So is there, is this over? Is the story completely over now? Done, move on? Or is there another leg up again? Because we thought the story could have been over back in October when they hammered all these EV names and then it got another life in November and then went straight up for a month and some of these went up two, 300%. So they've come no off 40, no 50%. No. What's the story no now? No, they're just trading vehicles. Um, you know, maybe I agree gonna... with that. I agree with that. I mean, if you're they're... making money trading these things, oh, buy not electric they... vehicles, they're trading vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, maybe when Tesla gets into the S&P, that rings the bell on the whole group. I don't know. I think so. I think I could I could get there's on board with a, that. There's a bit. Let's segue because you guys are going to get frothing at the mouth on this one. And I oh, we love froth. froth. I know. Well, how about this theory that um, they're floating the idea that Robinhood's going to go public with Goldman Sachs as the lead underwriter. I would say that if Robinhood goes public, they're ringing the bell on the whole market. So hopefully that doesn't happen till you know the March June time period in 2021, because the Robinhood traders have been powering these stocks. Without the Robinhood traders, you wouldn't have the EV bu uh, bubble, in my view. Oh, I, I completely agree. All of the smaller companies, they just get a hold of something. And, you know, it's not normal. Even like Kodak, I mean, was your poster child too. Goes from eight to 60. I mean, you know, on, on, and the volume was crazy that day. But in one day, I mean, these are moves that aren't driven by normal, you know, institutional participants. This is driven by the FOMO, the froth. Uh, but it's fun to participate in these things. I mean, you know, again, it's not my bread and butter. I said I'd like to trade boring, but I still like to mess around in these things every once in a while with speculative capital, though. Yeah. Re remember 3D printing. That was very big in 2011, 2012. $95, I believe, was the high on 3D, if I'm going 3D, for my 97. Yep. yep. Our power gauge rating turned bearish at 85. Uh, did it ever turn bullish again? No. <laughs> I just stayed bearish forever. Why would it? Bearish to zero. <laughs> I but I mean, it's an interesting market. I think the biggest question that investors have to ask is, is this 1997 or is this 1999? That's I, what I was asking. Yeah, we don't oh, know. I'm, I'm a shadow uh, listener. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, though. And that's why one thing I, I am fairly confident in is i believe that inflation is coming and more so than they're going to tell us we're already seeing inflation so i'm scared to just sit in cash at 0.5 percent and watch assets you know if you're sitting cash through this whole thing you're like vomiting right now um so i think you want to be in stocks and or potentially not even stocks you know real or, or whatever I just don't know if you want to be in cash. Maybe you do. Maybe we're going to crash and burn. And, you know, and eventually maybe the vaccine's not going to work and we're all going to go back down to lockdown. It's all going to be awful. But it also could be the case that we come out of this, out of this lockdown, and people are like, I want to do stuff. You know, I've been locked down for six months. I want to go out. I want to go to Disney World. I want to travel. I want to get an Airbnb. I mean, some of this stuff might actually happen. So I think... What are your thoughts on all this? Well, I think you need to look for stocks that um, will benefit 
regardless of the timing of the reopening and the success of the reopening. So I'm looking at stocks that are going to benefit from a Biden uh, focus on infrastructure and clean energy. So I picked out three names that I oh, think are really interesting. Um, Parker Hannafin, Quanta, yes. Quanta, which uh, is going to help upgrade the electric power grid and First Solar. So I think, you know, if you're buying stocks like this, you're not betting on a fad, which is what EV is right now. You're not betting on the cruise lines and the airlines at these levels. They're pretty steep. You're betting on pure uh, industrial plays. And that's where the balance has swung as we've had the sector rotation into materials and industrials and away from tech. And I think that's a smart bet. I, I would not sit on cash. Wouldn't necessarily buy Neo here, but I would buy stocks like the three that I mentioned. And you can find out. What was the second one, Mark? The second was uh, Quanta Services, a PWR, which we've mentioned oh, yeah. before on here. They are the biggest um, builder of the electric uh, power grid, and clearly that needs to be upgraded. Um, you've got cyber wow. threats in there. That's been so, a monster. Yeah, it's been a great stock. We've had a bullish power gauge rating for over six months, so we're, this is nothing new. But I think these are the kinds of stocks that investors can buy, and they're not really for traders. Uh, you can trade them if they dip, uh, but they're for investors who want to get cash off the side. I'm sorry, Mark, what was the last name? You mentioned PH, PWR. First Solar. First Solar. Solar. Yeah, these are names that we've talked about. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we are coming into a very seasonally uh, strong period starting Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, going through the following Monday. Um, Larry Williams has done some studies, so I, I don't want to take credit for this. Uh, if you buy on the 11th or 12th trading day of December or the 16th trading day and just hold without a stop in the, in the SPY, over 83% profitable over the past, I think it's 30 years. So um, what that says to me is this is a really good time to be looking for bargains. We're a little soft here because the stimulus bill is bogged down yet again. Uh, I don't think Brexit's you know, a, an issue, but uh, the combination of the COVID caseload explosion and the stimulus bill now being on the radar screen means we'll probably be soft into this mid-December timeframe. People really need to be looking to put money to work. Do we get the Santa Claus rally though? Definitely. So Definitely. positioning, we got, we're getting a pullback here now and, and some other names. So you're giving us three nice names there. I love solar. I mean, I love all the solar stocks, so I don't know. Um, I've loved solar for a long time. Some of these have had significant runs. Like, I mean, I bought SunPower back at $8 is 21. At a certain point is, you know, a lot of the good news priced in. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, that's why you want to try and buy them on dips. Um, I'm also looking at Pinterest, which we've mentioned on here, I think is, is really interesting, uh, as the, especially as the alternative to Facebook. You know, hey, Mark, I, could you clarify that statement you said when Tesla goes back into the S&P, you said uh, rigging the bell. When I think rigging the bell, it either the start of the fight or, you know, someone getting knocked out. Are you no, talking there's an about old expression on Wall Street. They never ring a bell at the top. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, okay. You know, if, if, if with all this hype, you do have some institutional um, negativity. JP Morgan is out this morning with a really negative comment, maybe yesterday afternoon. Yesterday afternoon, yes. On Tesla. I mean, it's sort of silly $90 price target, but uh, 
you know, someone once, uh, some wag said that, you know, all Tesla is, is a giant um, ATM, a dilutive ATM for the shareholder. They just take in money. You look, they've raised over $22 billion in the last, I think it's 18 months, 24 months. Where is that money? Does it have any business? They burn it. Does it, does it have any business being, you know, the top six most valuable companies in the world? If you think there's a, tr- a $3 trillion valuation down the road, it does. Do you think that Tesla, you know, has the potential to grow into the valuation? Like I'm, I'm, I, I could be talked into either way. I mean, okay. obviously I've been, you know, saying the valuation is nuts publicly, but I mean, it's been nuts for a while and it continues to go up. So is this a company that could just maybe continue to branch uh, out of cars and obviously you know they got the solar aspect but starting to get into everything i mean space travel you know you can look at you know you never know what's in his brain so do you think tesla could eventually challenge apple amazon i mean it already kind of is but do you think it could be one of the most valuable companies in the world if not the most valuable company in the world because you're buying it today you're saying it's going to challenge the the big four for being the most valuable company in the world yeah, you've got an unstable genius at the helm. If you look at Google, um, if you look at uh, Amazon, you have so uh, Apple with Steve Jobs and now with Tim Cook, you had some really solid citizens running these companies. Um, Elon Musk is a genius, but is he a stable genius or is he an unstable genius to, to dip into the political uh, rhetoric? I think he's an unstable genius and... I've seen companies over 50 years that got away from their core competency go belly up. So uh, I think you have to value this as what it is. It's an electric car company and a battery company uh, and see what you think. But these are trading vehicles. I, I think if you buy Tesla at these levels and you don't use a stop, you're a fool. We're on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. Joins the show every two weeks to share his fundamental and technical wisdom on the markets. Uh, Mark, I need, I need you to talk me out of something here. Okay. I, I just hope pulled it's not up energy. Okay. I, 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 I'm pulling up the monthly S&P chart here, right? And I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the March low, and I'm looking at the recent high. Talk me out of thinking that this market's going back down to 3,200. Oh, no, never, not happening without some exogenous event, not with that Fed put and Janet Yellen coming in. Don't see that. I see 4,200 before 3,200. I'll take 4,200 before 3,200 too, Mark. I'm on the same side as you. Yeah. You know, Goldman Sachs is using 175 as their earnings estimate for the S&P. You're in a zero interest rate environment. As you said before, there's nowhere else to put your money. There's a whiff of inflation in the air. And we're looking past the, um, the COVID lockdowns to a better day. And there'll come a time when that's all been priced in. But with all this money on the sidelines, I don't think that time is yet. Okay, I'm buying the weekly 4,000 S&P calls. <laughs> you talked about this one, dog. Joel's <laughs> on the whole world anyways. All, no, all the high momo I stuff. just look at this chart. And I just look at you know, the history of, of the market and, okay, maybe What do you not- see bearish about that chart? We're at all-time highs, basically. What do you see? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking at the same chart you're looking at. What do you see bearish? 
I just see all these lows here at like 3,200. You think you want to come back down? Test yeah. Those. Yeah. Well, but you there you go. There I go thinking again. You can also use a Fibonacci think. extension of the decline and get yourself a 4140 projection, I think it is. I mean, so, that was such a wicked sell off in March. Like, we lost 30% in basically a month, which is absolutely incredible when you think about it. Yeah, 33% in 20. You had, days. you hear everybody this year that, you know, just made a killing, you know, on Twitter. You only the people who bought, you know, down there. That's all you hear about. There are some hidden horror stories here of people, you know, who panicked. And, you know, I was at the point of almost panicking and I was actually 70% cash during the damn fall. But, you know, I was like, there's people who puked their guts out. There's people who got stopped out in March. They are hidden out there and they're not tweeting about it because nobody likes to brag about losing, but they're out there. All those people are looking at this and thinking, what the hell? What the hell? I mean, I was one of those people for a long time. I did not buy. I'm, I'm basically the only Twitter person on Twitter that did not buy in March because I didn't know what was going on and I wasn't coming in. And, you know, I started buying stocks in mid-April because it was apparent that you know, we were flattening the curve and we started to look up. But I mean, the people who were just buying in March when we just fell, you know, the 30%, we didn't know what it was then. I mean, that was a gutsy call to just come in on March 21st and say, look, this is it. We're going up back up. I mean, it looked like businesses, the Ackman bottom, you know, it looked like stuff was going out of business. Well, you didn't have to come in on March 23rd. You could come in uh, April I think 12th when well, that's uh, what I did. power gauge rating on the uh, QQQs turned bullish. That's what I did. But I mean, a, a lot smart. of people, but I'm saying there's a lot of people, Mark, who sold it all down there. There's oh, a yeah. lot who couldn't take it anymore. I mean, those that's epic selling pressure. Those, a lot of those people probably didn't get back in. So when you could have even, Yeah, when they get back in, that's when you got a problem. Yeah, and I think that a lot of those people are still sitting there looking to get back in. And I think that's continued to propel us you know, right out of this crisis. And now they're looking and they're saying, oh my God, there's a vaccine coming. And, you know, these stocks could continue to go higher. So at a certain point in time, you're right, when all those people get back in. But I don't think we're done here yet. I know everybody yesterday with the sell-off, yesterday people are claiming that the bull run is over. Every time we sell off 2%, everybody claims it's over. But I don't think we're done yet. I don't either. There is one group, though, I think people need to be cash, uh, careful with, which are retail stocks. Retail stocks typically take a beating the, this week and next week. Um, that's been a pattern that's been around for quite a while. You know, they peak around Thanksgiving and they turn down. And you started to see it in stocks like uh, Best Buy and uh, yesterday um, Dollar General, uh, which I had some puts on and, and closed out yesterday. Uh, taking a big hit. So I think you got to be careful in retail. And interestingly, a lot of them, like Target, are making new highs, um, Movado, um, Signet Jewelers. There, there's a lot of risk in retail this, on a short-term basis. This is a great point you're making. And one thing I'm just going to say, and we haven't talked about retail stocks on the show for a while, is you look at JWN, you look at the Signet Jewelers. I mean, these stocks have gotten their entire losses back. Signet Jewelers is all the way back. Signet Jewelers was not in great shape before this thing started. I mean, Kohl's has basically got its entire losses back from March. JWN has been on this ridiculous November run. In one month, the stock has went from basically $12 to $32, bucks, getting the entire losses back again. 
are these companies, you know, turning around and we're all going back when we're going to not stop shopping, not stop? Maybe. But a lot of good news is priced into a lot of these retailers now. Yeah, I would avoid this group. I would too. Even though some of them have bullish power gauge ratings like Target and Signet, Movado. Uh, just, just run too far. The apparel too far stocks, too fast. Apparel stocks are okay because they have a big online presence. Deckers is just killing it, and, and it's had a bullish take in power gauge rating for over three months. So I'm comfortable talking about it. But uh, there's a difference between retail and apparel, and you can't complain. You've got to really make that distinction. I just want to jump in. Uh, we got six minutes ago. I don't. I don't see a reaction in the market, but we did get. Oh, uh, we forgot to tell Dennis to go wide on the jobless claims. Expected jobless claims. I mean, just I don't yeah. know how. And market doesn't. I mean, no. Higher it, unemployment is good because you'll get more stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> no. Come on. That go was ahead. what we talked about for years. The bad news was good news, and the good news was <laughs> good news. Rigged market. Uh, uh, someone asked about a couple boring stocks. Can you talk boring stocks at all? I just like oh, yeah. the person's new to the chat. Uh, Ford and GE. Well, the autos in general have been a strong group. Let's start with General Motors. Uh, I mean, GE, a, I, GE, though, I said. Ford GE. GE. It has a bullish power gauge rating, which is uh, a miracle. <laughs> After every, <laughs> That's after when did it turn they, bullish? Um, uh, my chart is uh, slow here. It'll be up in a minute. Because you've been turned, bearish on that forever. I know. I think it turned bullish in the last six weeks. I've got to clear out my cash, but give me a second here. Uh, Reboot. That's Motors, what I always do. Yeah, General Motors is bullish since May. And uh, let's look at GE. And then Ford, too. Yeah. Uh, Ford has been bullish as well. This 950 level in Ford is enormous. There must the, the, be a the, the level of all levels. JV Spec, you're in the chat. I don't have my book open. Oh, no, I do have my book open. I can go look too. I look open to my book early yeah. today. Look at this. All right, let's go look in the book while Shaken well, gets well, his. Well, they, uh, yeah, my, clearing out my cash. 950. I can see oh, there's some size there. It's, again, because it's Ford, I can see 790,000 shares there, which stands out like a sore thumb. There's probably more hidden there too. So you're probably over a million shares there for sale. So I mean, it takes 10 mil basically to take that out. Um, 950, yeah. though, is a huge level of that. I can take, I'm still long Ford. Takes out 950. I think 10 is the next stopping point. So let's see if we can take out 950. All right, let's go to GE. Power gauge turned bullish in mid-August, and it started outperforming the market in late October with the stock at about 850. It turned bullish in mid-August? Yeah. Why did you turn bullish? I mean, that's an awesome know, call, but what did your power gauge see besides the future? The future. <laughs> yeah. I saw the future. Believe it or not, it's everything. It's all four categories, financials, yeah. earnings, technicals, and the, and the experts. Which Boy, one was that? Macro. G. It turned G, bullish yeah. in the middle of August. That was the low. That's a, that's an awesome. Well, call. I think as the market looks to industrials, maybe this is. Um, plus, there's a lot of shorts in that name. A lot of disbelievers, and you know that's what propelled, I think, the rally up uh, from eight to. You know what uh, else propelled it from seven bucks. to ten was Jim Cramer. He got on the Ford. <laughs> He kept featuring 4G, 4G. Who's going to 10 first? He talked about that like every other show he was talking about, G going to 10 when it was 7, then G going to 10 when it was 8. I mean, he ended up being right, but there was a lot of Kramer pump in there on G and Ford as well. Well, I mean, if you ask me, do I want to own GE? I'd rather own Pinterest or um, yeah. Solar, but you know, the, 
the rating is what it is and it starts out performing the market and that means the shorts are basically pinned and uh, that's a good situation. All right, Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joining us every other Thursday. I can't recommend their platform enough. Uh, Mark, we appreciate your time. Have a good rest of your day. You too, guys. Stay cool. Uh, If you liked Mark's insights, uh, hit that like button. Show us some love. Show him some love. Show us some love with that like. We appreciate that. Guys, can we just talk like IPOs, like two seconds? And We're not going to get bogged down in it, but... That just can't talk about anything for two seconds. I know. Um, (laughs) I mean, that DoorDash opened. Oh, boy. Insane. It was just wild. So, did you already do your DoorDash ran? Uh, just off the hop. Yeah, we did it. We said yeah. that. I, DoorDash did not cause America. America needed a correction. That's all. Need a correction. Everybody, it's a cool story to tell. But it wasn't the reason the market sold off. The market sold off because it was overbought. It needed a correction. It got so, it. So DoorDash IPO price, uh, $102. Opened at $182. we have got Airbnb coming down the way this morning their ipo price has already been uh, already raised it several times it's now 68 dollars. so i guess the question wow. is does it open above oh, does it open above 100 <laughs> yes yes i i, I, I so? will i'll give you odds even that i think it opens above. i'm not taking that i i think so too i think it opens well above 100 and the reason is if doordash can come out in IPO 102 and open like 185 and you know have a 60 billion dollar valuation i just comparatively speaking, think Airbnb is worth a hell of a lot more than DoorDash. Um, it's just my opinion. You got a food delivery company. You got this Airbnb that's displaced in the hotel industry. I mean, I am a believer in Airbnb. I don't want to pay a ridiculous valuation. Is it worth 60 or 70 billion? I don't know what it's worth, but if I'm comparing it to DoorDash, I think they're going to pay more than DoorDash. So it, to get up to over a $60 billion valuation got open in that $100 area, I think it does it. So I think it's opening over 100 Wow. We talked about the CEO being on CNBC, and we both kind of liked what he had to say. I mean, it good doesn't guy. mean – Yeah. He like a really good guy, just from I that like, interview. I like the business – you know, they talked about the business model. They talked about – I mean, there's definitely going to be a transition from business travel, right? I mean, business travel is coming back, but I think more of your travel is going to be people like us. Hey, we're, we need a vacation. We want a house. We want to, you know, have a, a big area to go in. And then the other thing I liked that uh, he said was that they uh, they put an endowment uh, for to improve the properties that people are staying in. And, I, and he talked about putting a hundred million dollars of his own stock into that endowment. And, uh, and then the final thing that he said that I liked was that um, they asked him why he did um, an IPO versus a SPAC. And he said, because he wanted people to know what they were investing in. And uh, <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. I mean, I've just have to watch it for a while and see how it trades, but um, you know, it, 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 it makes sense. I mean, it, it, the way travel is going, I think these hotels are they're going to be tough. They will bounce back too, though, right? I mean, is some of these at all time highs? Like, oh, you know, they've all bounced back. Remember, like, I wanted to put the Hilton. How that's parody? Remember? Oh yeah, it did pretty good. Remember that show about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago? And I said I was sh- I'd I would short Hilton and go long NCLH. I think NCLH was twenty two and Hilton was one ten that day. Hilton has gone up nothing, and NCLH, which I am still long has gone up $5 on the 22. That one worked really well. So I was saying the catch-up trade relative. This is is how I trade. 
people were asking me, you know, how do you protect yourself in the markets? In my trading portfolio, I'm market neutral. What does that mean? I have equal longs and equal shorts. I'm making bets of stocks relative to each other. So a Hilton short versus an NCLH kind of made sense that day. Um, you know, my long-term portfolio, I'm long. Do I lose money yesterday on my long-term portfolio? Yes. yes. Because I only do longs in my long-term portfolio. That's my retirement account investing. I believe stocks will continue to go higher over time. I invest in the long side of companies believing in America getting greater eventually. Um, in my trading account, I trade market neutral. Sometimes I'll have some long swings, but for overall, I'll have short swings too. But overall, I try to stay market neutral. So what is that? When you get a sell-off, you know, a significant sell-off, well, I've got some tech stocks, you know, coming down. I've got some tech stocks going up. I try to keep it equal. And all I'm trying to do is extract the alpha from my opinions while trying to take out the market risk. It's a different style of trading. It obviously requires more capital to do that. But I don't have these days where I just get crushed because the market went down. Again, my long-term portfolio, completely different story. My long-term portfolio probably would have been down 1% or 2% yesterday. I didn't look at it. I'm sure it was because I got a lot of tech stocks. But on my trading account, my trading account, I had a good day yesterday. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's more of my calls versus, you know, if I'm just buying stocks and not shorting stocks, everyone, everyone loses yesterday if you're just buying stocks unless you were in like Johnson & Johnson and stuff. So, I mean, you can move around, you can move the capital, you can protect your capital, but I like to make stock money when the stocks go down too. So that's most of your swings are long now. I mean, when you most talk my to swings them. are long, yeah, but my, yeah. my day trade, my day trading account is almost always market neutral, almost always. So my day trades, I'm like, if I am like bullish on some stocks, I hedge it out with cues and spies. So, and then I try to do beta hedging too. If the stock moves twice as much as the market, I'll short, you know, more cues to make up for it. So I'll even do that. So, I mean, that's how I trade. That's how I, I it, what it does is, is, is it flattens, you know, it softens the whole earnings curve for you there because it, you know, you're hedging yourself all the time. So as you're eliminating market risk, it makes you more consistent. You know, maybe, you're, you know, when you're just doing long only, you're going to have huge days when the market's up, but you're going to have bad days when the market's down. When you're hedging yourself, like I do, it mm -hmm. smooths your earnings curve where you're not going to have these huge days because you're benefiting from an up tape. You're just, you're just, again, making money on your calls. You know, like I go long the stocks, you know, I'll, I'll go long something a few days before an event or something like that, and then hedge it out with cues. So I'm going to do Tesla next week. I'll probably buy Tesla, but I'll hedge it out with cues. So I have to do it twice as much because Tesla really moves relative to the market. But I mean, even yesterday, you know, NASDAQ's down, you know, 3%. Tesla's down 6% yesterday. NASDAQ's down 2 If you hedged yourself up 2 to 1, you didn't even lose that much on Tesla yesterday. So Dennis, I know the answer. Key. I know the answer to this question, but uh, I don't know if this person's new. Do you sell calls on your long-term portfolio? No, I used to do this. The reason I don't do this anymore is I learned the hard way in 2009, where I bought all of these stocks on the cheap. And the one thing, it, I, if if you know, your market's going flat, covered call rating is awesome. If the market's flat. going slightly up, it's pretty good. When the market tanks, you get crushed. So what you're doing is you're giving up your upside. And you are not participating, you're, 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 you're fully participating in the downside. So, I mean, in the events like March, covered call writing gets destroyed. So 90% of the time, that actually enhances your portfolio and it works well. The times like 2008, the times like 2000 or like March of 2020, the flash crash, you get absolutely crushed in that strategy. I don't like that. So it's not for me. You've got to, if you're doing it, you got to find better ways to protect yourself. But I, I, like people just flat out rate naked puts. 
Um, the reason I don't do that again is because you're limiting You say, oh, well, why wouldn't you just do that? Well, you're limiting your upside because you're only getting the premium in and you're fully participating in the downside if the story turns out to not be as good as you thought it was. So if I'm bullish a stock, I buy the stock. If I'm bearish the stock, I short the stock. I don't typically use options anymore to make my bets. Okay. I just want to, I think that was a new listener. So I just wanted to uh, get that. Uh, just bringing up the uh, December S&Ps, folks. We are at the low from yesterday. Yesterday's low was 59.75. And we just ticked to 58.75. So bounce back here to 36.60. We are testing the low from yesterday's session. Can we talk Facebook here? We yeah. Just- no, I haven't talked Facebook yet today, and, and I, I wanted to because this this did react to the news yesterday. Two lawsuits, uh, you know, we knew this was coming, but they actually were filed yesterday, one by the FTC, one by 46 states attorneys general, uh, basically claiming antitrust violations and saying, we want you to divest WhatsApp and or Instagram. And Facebook saying, but you already approved it. I don't know. And, and it sells off yesterday. You know, we've had, there's been so much of this, you know, and there's going to be more going forward antitrust. I mean, I, I think, I think if they get down to 60 area, I like Facebook 250 and 260. It's been in consolidation station here for a while. It, it, it's t- trying to digest. It's had a big run. I mean, from March, April, and got down to 140, 150. It's had an incredible run. It's basically doubled since the lows. So it's stalling out here for a bit. And, Eventually, I think it does start to catch a bit here again. That's why I think if you're buying on the dips down 260s, I think you'd be okay. But again, nothing's guaranteed in these markets. Um, I think I heard Josh Brown say this on um, on one of the shows when I had actually had it on during the day. Um, I think when I was on my Peloton, he said, uh, uh, it's not a reason to buy the stock. It's not a reason to sell the stock. You know, when I see this kind of news, I think I so too. That's a good, yeah, good. That's you know good. that, and that's kind of like a wimpy thing to say, but I just, no, I, I agree with Spencer. No, I, I agree with him. I totally I, agree with that statement. Yeah, Props to yeah. Josh for that. I, I agree with that statement. Yeah, I, we talked about that on the pre pre market show, and Spencer and I had to, you know, the deal went through. You know, okay, you're changing. They're super successful. Okay, well, you let them do it. You know, it changed the mind. So it, it got hit yesterday. It has been kind it got of hit because the market got hit, though. Like true. a lot of this, you know, they can say and blame, but you know, let's be honest. The cues were down. How much was Facebook down relative? Looks about the same, two, three yeah. percent. Didn't get crushed like ten percent on this. So saying that was all because of the antitrust stuff. You know, we they've been talking antitrust on Facebook for years. You know, just because something else gets filed, a suit, Google, the same thing, Amazon, the same thing, all these big companies. There's, you know, people out there who want to make a name for themselves, want to try to break up the big companies there. You know, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon get talked about this all the time. Yeah. I mean, and, and Josh Brown made another good point on CNBC yesterday. I mean, look at his, look at the competitors, you know, look at Snapchat, look at Twitter, look at Pinterest, look at, you know, TikTok. I mean, can you really argue here that Facebook's just monopolistic here? There's a lot of competitors doing really well. It's a great point by Josh Brown yesterday. He said on CNBC, completely agree with that. Well, that's also Facebook's argument as to why they're not a monopoly. But the bottom that's line, right. yeah, the bottom line is if you're going to own like Facebook or Google, like you need to expect these types of headlines every like six months for the next. Like, five. They, they do. They're going to continue to come out. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, age 51. Can we do a couple of runnings fast? Can we just do Adobe and restoration hardware? Adobe yes. was out. Adobe yes. came out this morning. 
It was an EPS beat, a sales beat for the prior quarter. They gave guidance that was also very strong. EPS guidance beat, sales guidance beat uh, across the board. So it's a great report from Adobe. Yeah, report on the wrong day. I mean, you got this, you know, selling wave coming in and the big waves catching it and knocking it down. It was a good report. If we weren't in a selling wave, the stock would probably be higher on this report. I like Adobe down to 460. Which I don't I, know if it gets oh, I there. thought you were going to say 470. I, I'd be a buyer of the dip on Adobe, but uh, maybe not 470 is too early. I don't know. Who, okay. buy, I, is it ever too early to buy the dip? I mean, the stocks <laughs> actually go higher, right? Okay. I was just, I uh, don't know. I don't even think it gets to 470 today, just the way it looks. But it's uh, who knows? Well. Yeah. I mean, really, I guess, I guess it was a good report. Let's see what it does. I mean, after 930, sometimes things change. And when you have an earnings event, a lot of institutions aren't trading the pre-market. So let's see what the big money does when they come in. Are they going to push it higher? Are they going to come in and buy it? But if it opens at the low tech and then starts to catch a bid, that would be my stop out point then. But it's hard to trade these earnings stocks. They're wild. Uh, looking at the range from yesterday, just if you're looking, I don't even think you've taken out yesterday. Have you taken out yesterday's low yet? Huh? No, yesterday's. Oh, you, you, there you go. You haven't Fold even taken out. out yeah. 479 and a quarter sure. or 26. And, you know, so that, I mean, first things first, if you want to get bearish your stock, let's take out the previous day's low. And because you've had the little dip, if you get backed on change, that's only two bucks away, 483.74. That's, I don't think that's an outrageous target to see it try and go green on the session. I don't know about the two day close at 495, but. That's uh, that's it. Was there any other? You said um, what was yeah. the other earnings stock? Let's do RH quickly. Uh, the, they beat on the EPS, beat on sales, and then in the release they said we believe it's safe to assume that some level of elevated spending on the home will remain <laughs> through 2021 and possibly beyond. This had a reversal, bad reversal day yesterday. Again, with the overall market, a lot of people caught in this one. So completely different story than Adobe. This is a stock that had been running up. It had the upside capitulation high yesterday at 494. I think that any rally is to be sold in this. I think it's going to have an ugly <laughs> day here for a couple of days. I think you got some, it's had a pretty good run from 350 oh to 450. Gosh. It needs some work. This, this has got some work to do in the lower 400s, I think. So I actually would be a seller of this. That's uh, my, so I have a strong convicted opinion on this, just an opinion. I would sell this stock. I think I've been wrong on the stocks at 65. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we should put that. In the, we, we aren't very good at calling our age because I never thought it was a 400. Full, full disclosure. We never I do understood not the $10,000 antique about this couches stock. that they had for sale. Yeah. But. yeah. And yeah, this was one. Logic right. again. We went wrong yeah, with this logic. Is, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, full disclosure. I don't know what the hell we I'm talking about stock. in this stock. This is the worst stock. And we, I'm glad I, I didn't even put it on my screen. I wouldn't even <laughs> yeah, look at it. Like when I go to the mall and I go by the store, I start shaking. Oh, I don't go to the mall anymore. Oh, I, I don't understand. How did this stock? How is this small I don't stock know. stock the one? I go is in it, that store and I'm just scared that my wife might actually buy something because everything. There's like a book sitting there and it's like a fancy looking book. And I was like, oh, it's probably 10 bucks. Oh, no, it's $250. I mean, everything. I guess they sell one thing and they pay rent for a month. So I guess if you, you know, bought something at our age or your subscription, put a one in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you only need a few people when they're selling stuff for that. What's that antique? It looks like they bought it at an auction sale for 500 bucks. They're selling it for 10 grand. 
Their it's markups not, must be huge. They must have margins, like at like 90% margins, man. It's the opposite of Dennis, who buys stuff cheap at garage sales. Oh, I know. They, this they, is they, like my anti-store, paying up for everything at the garage sales. Makes zero sense to me, but anyways. Do we have some uh, selling balances or something? We just kind of sliced and diced through yesterday's low at uh, 59.75. Let's go luck. Imbalance land. No, you know what? Imbalances is not much there. Pfizer, your typical buy and balance, 373,000 shares of bloody stocks up every morning. It's up again, even on a down day. Um, I guess everybody's anticipating that vaccine is going to get approved in the U.S. here today. Right. They were talking well, about. How could it not after all this? You got CVX. You got some of the oil stocks trading higher. That's one the USO is trading up. So a little bit of life in the oil stocks. I'm just looking, you know, it's just overall sectors here. And then you got the tech wreck going on here again. Tesla obviously getting hammered down 32 bucks. We said we like it at 550. We'll see if it gets there. Um, Christy Morris says, my fancy grandma loves RH, LOL. I hope her grandma's not listening to this show. My wife likes the stuff in there, too. I just won't let her buy anything in there because it's too expensive. I was like, we got to take a mortgage on the house here to buy stuff in there. <laughs> Rates are low. Rates are low right now. Rates are good right now. Let's so talk Rocket. Maybe we should I, go buy some stuff at our age. Now is the time. Let's talk Rocket for a second. It uh, Good day. The, yeah. The, the, the hedge. This is the market hedge. It moves up when the market's going down, and it moves down when the market's going up. Why is that? Why is this stock? Just not participated at all, though. That's the first question. I and don't know. The second question is obviously, I'm. Are you long rocket? I'm long. If I'm nah. 24, it's been a dog. No, I, I played it. I played uh, some calls on both sides of it, or calls and puts on it. But I mean, it's just, it's just kind of sitting here. I mean, mm. 20s great support, right? And 20, look at 20 to 20 trade the range.com. So the only thing is, is you would have had to wait like, five days if you bought it at 20 to get a pop but i don't know and the other thing too i just keep thinking if this is the how to how did the housing market i mean it could get hotter but you know man this is this is the environment i mean if rates ever tick up which is never going to happen because of the deficit but uh it's very concerning that it hasn't participated at all in the recent rally so it gets in life i don't know what the headline if there was a headline driving it up yesterday you got all kinds of resistance from 23. The trend is not your friend. I'm long this stock. I'm actually looking at some rally to sell. I, I said I was going to be in this long term. I got in the long term account, but it's just been such a dog. It's hard to like look at it. I mean, I, I was looking at my long term portfolio. I'm up in like everything. And this is like one of the stocks I'm down in. And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't participated. It's, it feels like it should have a story, you know, but it doesn't. I guess it came out and. Yeah, had the big run back in August and caught everybody, and everybody's been caught ever since. Okay, continuing to leak here in the S and P's down uh, eighteen and a half handles. I'm looking at my dailies here. Uh, Forty four and a quarter is your six day low. Just remember, guys, you got the rollover going today, uh, so the volume is going to be split between the uh, uh, December and the March contract. So. Uh, Little bit of a sell off here. We'll see where we uh, end up here at, at the pre market low, but uh, 36.44 and a quarter. That's your six day low. 
And uh, Dennis, I know you love your specs, so I want to put a new one on your radar. SSPK. This is, as far as I can tell, the first yeah. weed spec we've got. Oh, emerging man. With I wish I would have had this one off the 10. Why didn't you tell me about this yesterday? A yeah, weed spec? Yeah, off the 10. There's another one off the 10. Is there oh, any yeah. other weed stocks out there that are going to be weed looking specs. for acquisitions? I, What'd they buy? Did they buy something? Yeah, they bought a company called Weed Maps, which I've used before. It's basically like the Yelp for cannabis. Is, is how I would describe that, it. That was, Joel thought he was investing. Uh, yeah, in I was in cannabis. that stock. I, no, I was in the Google of cannabis. The Google of cannabis. <laughs> yes, I'll buy. Actually, yes, the Google don't. of cannabis is Alan Brockstein. You told me to get out of this one, too, and I did. Which one was that? Leaf Buyer Tech Incorporated. What? Where did that get to? I'll be why. Uh, then I got up to like two bucks or something. Yeah, I sold it. Cents. In, yeah. So I told you the right on this one. You did. I was like, get out of that while the getting's good. 14 cents. I don't even good know job why getting I out of it. that, Joel. You were uh, crazy, man. Whew, I never buy stocks like that. I know. I you were you were talked right into the story on this one. They had to you suckered in. Lucky I suckered you out. Yeah. And uh, send me the, a Christmas card for that one. The other one. Uh yeah, and I'll send you an L Brands gift certificate. Uh, <laughs> I want a restoration hardware, hardware. Gift certificate. Like yeah, that. they send you a hundred dollar <laughs> gift of restoration hardware, but nothing's under five hundred bucks in the store. And this is so they this... definitely make it. It's a hidden twenty percent <laughs> discount coupon, is what that is, because you can't get anything for a hundred bucks in that store. You know what? I yacked this LQSF out. LQ, another one you told me not to buy. I bought it high. If they got and... more than. Four symbols, I don't buy them. Yeah, this is. I thought this is like the distributor of weed in Canada. I thought it would do a lot better, and uh, I ended up having to sell this one not because I wanted to sell it. It's just um, uh, I had to. I had to move some money around between some different places, and like the uh, the new place was like, we don't take this stock. (laughs) 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 I'm like, okay, well then I got to get out of it. So uh, I don't know where that. But anyways. Uh, what was the other stock? Something that I wanted to cover before we um, uh, was it? Oh, people, PLTR people have been asking about. Oh, big sell-off yesterday. So I'm still long it. Obviously, didn't get out above the thirty. Maybe. Oh, I I'm have. surprised you. Was that a swing or a long term? I don't know. I just was buying the dip. I'm surprised you did. <laughs> I didn't. I, I the is, problem is I bought a half position, so then I didn't care. You got to sell the rip too, man. I know it ripped five. It ripped like I was like I don't know. I bought like twenty two and a half, went up to thirty and a half. That was like a thirty percent move in four days. You got to take those profits. Oh my god! So I missed the out. I'm a, no. I'm not. I don't think I'm selling it here at twenty five seventy five. So Al Brands forty one uh, and a one half. One concerning is I didn't make a new high though. So as a story. Uh, I, I'm kind of spooked on a lot of these smaller tech names right now where I think I think you can have a run here towards the end of the year and some of the mega casts, but on these smaller tech names, I'm a little bit spooked right now. Still long and strong on the L brands. Um, Joel's, that, we'll have, oh, have L brands on his tombstone. I, I want to, I don't know. I want to get out of it. Too. Look at the stock, man. It's unbelievable. I don't know what you saw, what Lisa saw on Al Brands, but man, she sees something. And wow, women still wear underwear is what, and buy bras, and that that's it. I I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But I think it was back. I don't even know if it's on the chart. We it, it gapped up one day. But anyways, we like to tease. We like to tease each other, folks. And like Donna, sorry about that comment that you can only you can't talk two seconds about anything. <laughs> I saw you make a it's little true, actually. I saw you. Oh, that's wince. a good point. I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. I know. I had a little tear in my eye here. But... And, you, and your mom and your mom yells at you and tells you that you don't let me. Uh, 
talk on the show. I know she watches the show and she's like, you never let anybody else talk. Stop talking. <laughs> it's all right. Some, some told me that the- my whole life. Like we haven't heard from Spencer. Spencer, are you working today or what's going no, on? I, I'm here. I'm here. I was going to say some days it makes my job and Joel's job pretty easy, but I, I actually do want to pivot. Uh, I want to bring on our second guest here. He's oh, gonna, I'm sorry. He's got some options ideas for us, I hope. Uh, his name is Dimitri Parganamic. He's from marketchameleon.com. Uh, comes on every few months to give us some options trades that he's watching. Let's see if I can get his video and, and audio going here. Dimitri, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, that yes, Spencer. Can you hear me? Okay, I hear you and I see you. Let's awesome. talk. Let's talk some options. What we've just talked a lot of stocks here. What sure. is on? What's on your radar here? So I think you, usually we're going to do some different today. Usually we look at earnings, and I think today I wanted to show you an example of a, um, a seasonality play. All right. And before I do that, can I share my screen? And yes, just kind of share your screen. And walk, I, I like having you on because you walk us through trades. So walk us okay. through a trade here. So before we look at the trades, so these are going to be the, the trade ideas over here. But before we do that, let me just kind of simplify what we're about, you know, the logic behind it. And obviously, nobody knows for sure on any given stock what's going to happen in a week, two weeks. You know, it could go up, it could go down. We don't know for sure, definitely. So what we try to do is uh, create kind of a model for ourselves, what we think is most likely to happen in the absence of not knowing, okay? Kind of like, think of it as a handicap. So I'll give you an example. Let's say we have we have a football team, team A, playing team B. Well, if you have no information, it's 50-50, right? You pick which team is gonna win. But what if I gave you a little bit more information? Let's let's give an example here. Let's say that team A and team B played four games, you know, in the last year. Team A beat team B three times. So three out of four games, team A won, team B won one game. So now you have a little bit more information. And if with that, now you could say, well, given this team, I think team A is more likely to win than team B without it with you know not knowing anything else and of course we could add more layers of information to start handicapping so like here's one more example before we jump to the trade card but let's say that when team a played team b on average they beat them by 10 points right so now we even have a handicap we could give that we think on average they beat them by 10 points which is different if on average they beat them by one point in overtime right by 10 points, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a stronger signal that they're a little bit of a better team. So we still don't know who's going to win, but now if somebody gave us even odds, team A looks like the better choice. So if that makes sense, you know, I'm going to start kind of going to the example. Yeah, so bring that into a trade here. Okay. So let me exit this. And over here, when we go, when we go to the to the homepage, you know, we have different types of trade ideas here. We're looking at a seasonality idea. So that's this tab over here. And I'm gonna jump over here to the SPY, you know, and that's just because it's the most diversified equity out of all of them. And before we take a look at this actual option trade idea, let me show you the first layer, you know, of the handicap. So I go to this tool over here and this is, I have SPY already queued up. And I'm going to look at a seasonality play. All right. So right now, right now I'm going to take a look at a seasonality play, which I'm going to, I'm going to pick a calendar period 
around a year and see how did SPY tend to perform around a certain calendar period. And this one, it happened to be the starting date will set it at yesterday's close, right? December 9th. And on this trade, trade idea over here, this is already filtered for us January 8th expiration. So I'm coming back here and saying, okay, between December 9th and January 8th, okay? In the last 12 years, how did SPY perform? So over here, we see the statistics here. The, this is the visual. You could see that a lot of greens here, that's, that means it was up during that calendar period. The reds were down. So we see 83% of the time it was up, 17% it was down. So it's like a five to one ratio. So not having any other information so far, this looks more like a bullish, bullish case for SPY than a bearish case. We could also see that on average during that period, it gained 1.49%. The median return is 2.25%. Also, we could compare the average gains versus the average losses. So on average, if we took all the positives, all the positive moves on average, it was up 2.59% all the negative moves down almost 4%. So you could see that when it is down, the magnitude of the down moves is a little bit greater. That's why we wanna kind of look for a predefined limited risk type of strategy, okay? And that's what we're gonna get into. And we see that the largest move in this period to the upside is 4.7%, largest down move 6%. And this graph over here, this just shows us how from day one to the last day, how on average it progressed. So you can see, even if we start here, its lowest peak, its lowest point historically is around like December 14th, December 15th. So you can choose to wait or just do it, you know, do it okay. right so, now. So higher more often than lower. So you're, exactly. just, you're just going to what, buy some calls and call it a day? Well, not exactly. So now, so let's go back to that trade idea and see, you know, how we could set it up. So we want to make a scan where our risk reward, you know, we're trying to find the best risk reward and limiting our risk. So let's take a look at this trade idea over here. So this is an SPY, all right? And here it's just repeating that in the last 12 years during this period, 83% of the time it was up for an average gain of 1.5% in the last 12 years. I click on it, here's the trade ID here and it's looking at a bull put spread. So in a bull put spread, it's a credit put spread this is what happens. You're selling this 366 put. This is what's suggesting buying the 362 and a half put. So this is a three and a half dollar put spread for $1.19 credit. All right. So in, in the scenario that the stock just collapses, you know, market's way down, it's wrong. You have to buy back for three and a half dollars. So your loss is $2.31, right? Because you received the dollar 19, you buy back for three and a half. If it stays above 366, right? Which is it's already right here. It's above 366. As long as it stays above 366, you keep that credit of $1.19. If it goes below 366, you still have a $19 cushion, you know, for, for it to drop. But as long as it's above 366, in other words, it doesn't even have to go up as long as it's like right here, you keep that $1.19, which is basically a 51% return on the amount you have at risk, right? You're risking $2.31 to make $1.19, 51% um, return. We think theoretically it's worth $1.04. So this is kind of our second layer of 
of an edge, what we call it. And what this means is that historically, if we looked at, and this is using six years of data, if we looked at SPY and how it moved in a 20-day period, because it, in a 20-day trading period, so from now till expiration, there's 20-day trading, trading days. If we looked historically, those price returns over 20-day period and applied this similar strategy with the strikes the same distance away from the stock price, on average, the end result was this would be worth a dollar four. So sometimes higher, sometimes lower, sometimes zero, sometimes you know the full amount. On average, it would have been worth a dollar four. So, so we're selling so, it. So Dimitri, is, is this a trade that you're going to put on? Well, I'm just showing you one trade. Like so. So one thing is, look, I'm not a broker. I'm not a broker dealer. I'm not an investment advisor. I can't even recommend. You know, I can't recommend. This isn't a recommendation. I'm just sharing ideas. Right. Uh, and then, and then, and this isn't like follow my trade. This is basically okay. helping you use tools. You know, to generate ideas, look at risk reward. Um, so I can't tell you if I'm putting up putting yeah. on or have positions. Okay. So keep that in mind. Not a not an investment advisor. So this is just helping helping you. Can you give us one that's on like a, maybe a specific stock and maybe not not spy? Maybe I don't know. Sure. That, I saw Facebook up there before that. We just talked about that one a few minutes ago. Sure. So again, this this is Facebook. This is also looking from a historical right seasonality. And I saw you guys talking about Facebook's. And they're they're coming into that antitrust uh, uh, lawsuits. You have to take that into consideration, right? Because the historical data is just showing you how it, how it moved on average. If there's anything else going on, you have to take that into consideration, and you know either handicap it more or or you skip it. So you have this list to do your further research. But here in Facebook, we see the same 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 here from. From December 9th to January 8th in the last eight years, Facebook stock increased 87.5% of the time for an average gain of 4.8%. So now this, this scans for, for trade opportunities, again, use, using, using all the conditions that we preset. And if you want to add your own conditions, you could just go right to the screener you know, and do it yourself over here. But this is, this is what it filtered out. Selling the 270 put in Jan, Jan 8th expiration 2021, buying back the 265 put for 95 cent credit. We think theoretically it's worth 71 cents. So that's giving you a 6% theoretical edge with a historical probability of success, 80%. So that's one in Facebook. We could go down here. Let's take a look at AMD. So here are two, two of them in AMD, a bulk put spread credit put spread, bull call spread. So the, this is advanced micro devices. Historically, from during this period, from the close of December 9th to January 8th, um, it was the stock was up 83.3% of the time for an average gain of 10.1%. Here it's suggesting selling the 90 strike put on January 8th expiration, buying the 86 put for $1.60 credit. We think it's worth $1.08. So that's a 21.9% theoretical edge with a historical probability of success, 71%. All right, a bull call spread. So this is a little bit different. You're buying, you're buying it. So you're paying, paying for that spread. So here you're buying the 
80, December 24th, 83 call, selling the December 24th, 87.5 call for $3.15. So you're purchasing it. We think it's worth $3.81. So if you're purchasing it below, that's a theoretical edge of 20.8%. And that's with the historical probability of success, 82%. And so the reason I like this is because options at, at their core are really just about probabilities. And that's, that's right. what this is showing is just, is, you know, you have to get the direction right. You have to get the timing right. And, and this conveys it in a clear way. Dimitri, before we wrap up here, just do you have any overall thoughts uh, or like, how are you approaching like the market right now as we sort of head into the end of the year here? We, we're at all time highs, we're just off all time highs. Right. And, and basically, you know, for me, I'm always a little bit long because the market just tends to go up over a long period of times. So sometimes, you know, I would be more aggressive or less aggressive. But for me, I'm always a little bit long. But when the market actually sells off, when there's actual money panic or increase in volatility, to me, that presents more opportunities. So I'm okay with being a, being a little bit long and losing on the way down because, you know, I already know how to kind of scan for and search for opportunities. Um, but overall, just a little, just a little bit long. And we are coming, you know, we have, we have that stimulus package still coming up. Uh, we have a lot of liquidity pumped up, pump, getting pumped into the market. We have the coronavirus. So at least for, for the time being, right. It looks to, it, lo it looks like at least a little bit bullish. Um, from the market perspective, not specific stock, but at least from the market perspective. All right. Dimitri Parganamic is the uh, co-founder of marketchameleon.com. That's what, that's the platform he just showed. Walked us through some trades. We appreciate that. Dimitri, if, if we don't talk before, then have a good uh, rest of the year. Have a good, uh, good holidays. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully get some ideas from you uh, in the new year. Great. Thank you, Spencer. Have a great day. Thank All you right. for having me on the show. All right, uh, that'll be a wrap. I just want to read you our disclaimer. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice and the opinions of our hosts and guests do not represent that of Benzinga. Hit that like button if you thought this is a good show. We appreciate that. Uh, thanks to uh, our other guests, Mark Chaikin and Dimitri. Thanks to all of you in our chats. That's it. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time to wrap up today's trading session. Until then, everyone have a good rest of your day and good luck in your trading. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.